We are coming strong with a special edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. I am not joined today by the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler, or lifetime Longhorn, Rod Babers. It is myself and Horns 24-7 recruiting editor, Mike Roach. Mike, people on, uh, that listen to this podcast, the, uh, the Blitz family, they feel I need to give you a proper intro. So should I go with, like, proud Bill's Mafia member or, or what from now on? Uh, yeah, I think you could go uh, Bill's Mafia member, uh, hockey guy, and uh, lover of all things Texas high school football. There you go. Well, uh, we're going to be talking Arizona high school football on this show. This is a special edition because today was the day it happened. Bijan Robinson, the five-star running back out of South Point Catholic in Tucson, Arizona, commits to Texas. Mike, let's just start at looking at it from this standpoint in terms of how talented this kid is. If you look at the history of the 24-7 sports composite rankings, and this goes retroactively to I think it starts technically with like the class of 2000. He's the third highest rated running back this program has ever had committed slash signed. The only two that graded out higher than him, according to the industry as a whole, are Jonathan Graham, Malcolm Brown. So that tells you right off the bat what type of talent you're talking about. But man, Mike, I'll just give you the floor. Try to put into words what this means for Texas. It's absolutely huge. I mean, it's it, it's so many dynamics to it that that make it so big. When you talk about need at running back, when you talk about landing an elite running back, landing a five star in general in a class is always huge. Yeah. Landing a five star from out of state is huge. Taking a five star who was basically done to Ohio State away from Ohio State, especially as much as you know, as Ohio State's kind of been a thorn for Texas over the last couple of years, huge. I mean, it's just it it's Probably the biggest story to date of the uh, Texas recruiting class this year. Um, and, you know, if it holds, it will be, you know, Bijan will be probably the crown jewel of this class. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's strong because you're talking about a program that in the current decade has had all kinds of issues with quarterback. And it, it's probably going to end up being the best quarterback signing class anybody's going to boast in the country, which going to Jackson and Hudson Card. Talk about a program that's had all kinds of issues recruiting and developing guys along the offensive line and now you're replenishing that pipeline with four really good prospects including a center for the future and as we'll talk about here in a little bit uh, a guy like Andre Carriage who I know you saw lately just the ceiling on him seems really really high right now but I'm with you Mike to say this is kind of and I've got a, a story up on the site right now and I'll get into some more specifics with it but not only this, is this the biggest story, he's kind of the missing piece. When you kind of put recruiting classes together in this run, yes, they've gotten Keontae Ingram. Yes, they kind of caught lightning in a bottle, moving Jordan Whittington to running back. And Tom Herman's even said, and, and Mike, you and I have talked to enough people, they didn't anticipate that to work out in the way it did. Now you're talking about going into 2020 with a running back room that's got Bijan Robinson, Keontae Ingram, and Jordan Whittington. I mean, you can say Texas maybe the best running back room in the Big 12, which puts you in the conversation to have one of the best running back rooms in the country. I mean, it's just, it's it's the type of move that impacts your roster going forward in so many ways. What's funny is I had um, today after Bijan's announcement had a quick conversation with the source at Texas and said something to the effect of, well, now I guess that Bijan's in maybe Jordan Whittington's back in the receiver room next year. And the source replied, extremely doubtful. Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, he's that good, huh? 
And they said, yeah. <laughs> yeah t- today was the first day of camp, and, and like, you're looking over, uh, I was standing right by where they were doing running back drills and just looked over and was blown away. Because, Mike, you saw Jordan Winnington in high school. I saw him in high school. He doesn't look like the same kid. I mean, they list him at 215 on the roster, and I would say that's pretty close to accurate. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's a loaded running back room. But let's talk about him as a prospect, and I know – uh, my role previously covering recruiting, I like getting into the analysis part of it, kind of what type of skills does this guy have. I know you're big on that as well. To me, Mike, when I when I watch the cut-ups, when I watch the film, his instincts and his ability to make guys miss in tight quarters with the jump cut, the skip cut, different kind of runner, but that footwork, that that ability, just that natural instinctive running ability, He's pretty dang close to Cedric Benson for me as far as just a natural, instinctive runner. Yeah, you know, that's always one of the biggest things I look at with running back is how their feet are. Um, Because a lot of times there are guys who are just really good athletes at running back that in high school they can run straight through a hole and get into find a little daylight and just outrun everybody. It's not going to happen at the college level. You know, to me, going back through Texas teams, Jamal Charles always had the most impressive – like there were so many – great things about Jamal Charles. He was a track star and all that, but his feet were just sensational, especially when he was in traffic. His feet never stopped. You know, they were just always moving and he was always being able to shift directions. And I kind of see the same thing with Bijan. I really actually like that, that Cedric Benson comparison, kind of the same build, uh, same style of running. And it's just that quickness. And I don't care as much for guys who can go 90 yards on a carry as much as I care for guys who can make people miss in those short distances, maybe they can't go all the way for a touchdown, but they can reel off a 25-yard run. Um, I think that those are far, you know, those you, you'll see those far more often in college than you will 90-yard yeah. show. So, you know, when you when you look at him in his size, I mean, six foot two, I think he's listed 200. He looks bigger. Um, he's going to be bigger. I mean, we we've talked about how much, you know, you mentioned it on the board the other day, and I can't agree with you more. Um, how much faith we have in the strength staff when a guy gets on campus that they're going to develop to, you know, it's the only thing that's going to stop them from getting to their optimal level is them. You know, it's, it's the work they put in. And so, you know, when you think about that, his natural tools, I've seen some questions about his speed. I, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the level he plays at in Arizona is it's, it's not, you know, it's not going to measure up to, to most Texas high schools. But, right. I mean, I, his speed looks good enough to me on film. I'm really excited to go see him in El Paso, as we talked about earlier this week. Yeah. Um, already looking for flights now. So, um, yeah, I, I just think that he is, uh, it, you know, the other dimension he brings, which I think Tom Herman will really love, is he's a dynamic receiver out of the backfield as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he adds that full scope and, and, you know, I think a lot like Keontae Ingram um, had the full game and, and everything you wanted out of a running back. I, I can't get over the fact that, that they won him when it sounded like he was gone. Um, I can't get over the fact that Texas finally has, you know, like, let's go back. I don't want to shortchange Keontae Ingram because there weren't a lot of bigger fans of Keontae Ingram in high school than I was. Yeah, but Keontae Ingram was the top back in Texas in what was a down year for backs. He would not be—I don't think he would measure up against Zach Evans this year. I don't, uh, you know, just in high school. I don't think he'd measure up against 
uh, Jace McClellan. He'd probably come somewhere in behind Seth McGowan, be the fourth ranked back in the state in a really yeah, short class. Yeah, I mean, where you you go back further than that, Mike? Where would he even have been in that like that 2017 class with a guy like J.K. Dobbins? Right, right. And so I, I don't want to shortchange him because I think he's a great back. I think he's going to turn into something very special. But this is a different type of athlete, in my opinion. Um, and just to be able to combine that with Jordan Whittington, with Keontae Ingram, you know, maybe they can take some pressure off of Sam in his senior year with all three of them. Um, and he doesn't have to be carrying the ball 20 times a game. I Just all those things are so huge. I think that people get so fixated on the fact that this offense runs through the quarterback and the quarterback's always running. And I just don't think that is the case if you have legitimate options. Right. I mean, you go back and look at, I mean, Tom Herman running that 2014 Ohio State offense is a perfect example. I'm like, yeah, JT Barrett carried the ball. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I want to say it was like 178, 160-something times, like somewhere between like 160 and 180 carries. But you still had Zeke Elliott. Like if you've got a workhorse back, you're going to give him the ball. And to me, Mike, that's, you know, not. and again, I'm with you. I don't take anything away from Keontae Ingram. I liked him coming out of coming out of Carthage. But you throw Bijan Robinson in there, now you're talking about, okay, you feel like whatever Keontae Ingram is going to be, if you can get Bijan Robinson to start even early on like these two guys have, start getting him trending toward his ceiling. And I think Yancey McKnight's the kind of guy that can do that. I mean, you're talking about a guy, I, and I wrote this in the story uh, that I put on the site today. I think he can have the same kind of impact that, that Cedric Benson had on that 2001 offense where once, you know, after the Oklahoma debacle and, you know, Mac Brown finally went with him as the running back. I mean, they rattled off six in a row until they imploded in the Big 12 championship game. And had they won that game, would have played Miami for a national championship. And then the guy you mentioned, the same kind of impact Jamal Charles had on that 2005 team. I mean, yeah, that offense went through Vince Young, but I mean, you had Selvin Young and Ramont Taylor and Jamal Charles still got his share of the carries as kind of that home run threat. So I'm with you, man. I, I, this this works for me on a number of levels. And when we talked about it last year, right, like <clears throat> missing on Trey Sanders, missing on Noah Kane, like that was really kind of the one thing they were missing. Cause I think even the staff was kind of wondering from some of the things I was told, okay, they know Keontae Ingram's good, but is he the kind of back like a Jamal Charles, like a Zeke Elliott, like a Trent Richardson, that kind of back that really is kind of the last piece that really puts you over the top. If you're a national championship contender, kind of what like, Travis Etienne's been at Clemson, like that type of guy. I think he's really good, but I, I don't, you know, and, and certainly the, the hopes are high for what he can be uh, this season. But to me, Mike, Bijan Robinson is that kind of guy. He is the kind of guy that puts you over the top. Yeah, and, you know, just to mention, too, like I think we've done, like, again, I don't I don't want to shortchange Keontae Ingram at all. but Right, so, like, like Keontae Ingram's family, if they listen to this, they're probably going to be really pissed off and we mean, <laughs> we mean no ill will. Like he's, well, a terri- he's a terrific player. I'm going to go the other way with it. So now we're going to say, you know, with Keontae Ingram's development, and he looked phenomenal when I saw him in the spring at a junior day. He was like 220 pounds. Um, With the Texas offense coming along developmentally and, uh, you know, the the offensive line progressing, it's not out of reach that Keontae Ingram has two really good years and goes to the NFL as a junior. You know, I mean, he's the type of guy who could – have a, a pretty good sophomore year, have a great junior year, and, and take advantage of that and go get paid. Um, and then in that case, you're going to be needing to fill that void. Um, you know, you get Robinson in, 
him and him and Whittington help with with carries during his freshman year, and then if if that scenario happens, um, you know it's look you're you're ready to plug in another quality guy right in that role. So um, yeah, it's just uh, it's big for the offense. I think that Robinson is like you mentioned that that key piece that that's needed. Um, he does have some home run ability in him. He does have uh, some dynamic ability in him. He's a guy that can come in and play right away. And, um, man, I just I, – I can't imagine how excited they are at Moncrief today. Uh, to your point about depth, Mike, I want to hit on that for a minute because I'm of the opinion that running backs, just by nature of that position, if you're a junior and if they're telling you, look, you're going to be drafted even somewhere in the middle rounds, man, I think you have to go. But just because the shelf life of those guys at the next level is so short – and, you know, to your point about depth, how it can sneak up on you, this is why you need to add one of these elite runners every year because go back to Tom Herman's first year, rewind the clock to that time, like this time in, in early August 2016. Did any of us think Deontay Foreman was going pro after that year? No. I mean, And, and how, how different is Tom Herman's first year if you've got Deontay Foreman to hand the ball to and you don't have Sam Ellinger slamming his head into a brick wall? 15 times a game right Sam Ellinger as a freshman I mean how how I, look obviously Sam's progressing just fine right but how different is Sam's freshman year if he's got a capable running threat you know yeah and I mean there's look there's there was a reason you know I don't want to get too far into team and kind of using revisionist history but look there's there's a reason why the staff moved Chris Warren to tight end and why you know at last check I know he just got released by the Raiders because of conditioning issues that just that deal wasn't going to work and it wasn't until Keontae Ingram that they found their guy but you know they missed on a top target in 19 you know like I said caught lightning in a bottle with Whittington we'll see what happens with Darian Brown uh you know I know EJ when he was still on staff went out to see him and you know EJ's kind of take Mike I don't know what he told you but he told me hey look he's made a lot of progress but still got a ways to go and I know they're optimistic but I don't think you can bank on having Darian Brown available for 2020. I think this gives you, you know, two legitimate like workhorse type backs. And then you've got Whittington, who I still think he's more in that kind of Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, whatever label you want to put on it, you know, role where, yeah, don't focus. Don't focus on his rushing attempts as much as, you know, he could be a guy that catches 40 plus balls. Right. His touches are going to be more important than his carries. So let's let's look at this class as a whole, Mike. We mentioned, you know, they're pretty much done at quarterback. I mean, pretty much. They are done at quarterback. I think they're pretty much done at the offensive line unless something comes along that they just can't say no to. Um, you know, wide receiver still a work in progress. Uh, you know, tight end, you're sandwiching this year with a couple of really good years in, in 19, and you've got two guys that really like in 21. What do you see, and, and we'll talk about Chris Thompson this weekend coming up too, but what do you see now that we, you know, that they'll check the running back box? What are the biggest needs they've got left in your opinion? I think it's receiver. I think it's finding, you know, obviously the, the two outside guys. It's finding a slot and preferably a slot who can kind of feature in the backfield at times. So you're looking at a guy like Ty Jordan. Right. Can get some carries, um, be your running back two in this class, but can also play that H role. Um, and then, you know, on the outside, I think Quentin Johnston's probably the crown jewel right now um, in that group. And, and um, I think he is the the key to really adding some some potential huge firepower to this offense. 
you know, again, I don't want to jump off into too much of a team tangent. It feels like we've been on one since it started. Maybe it's the <laughs> atmosphere of fall camp. And right. I, you know, I was doing all the Bijan coverage while watching like the USC game from last year. So I've got a lot of team team uh, excitement around me. But um, look back to kind of where the offense was when Tom Herman took over, how much skill and, and especially speed they've added in the last couple of years. Um, I, you know, Quentin Johnston is is exactly that. Ty Jordan is uh, a kid who runs a legit like 10 4 100. So, I mean, you, you add those two guys and you're adding incredible speed and, and playmaking ability as well. Um, you know, the, the other receiver spot could go to a guy like Javian Hester. Uh, LV Bunkley Shelton's also in the argument for, for receiver takes. It's going to be interesting to see how receiver plays out. Um, but I, I think that that's where the focus really is. I could see them maybe taking a tight end in the fall if they find a Juco guy they're just in love with. But I think they're really happy with, with the H-back type of Jaden Holby. And I, I don't think they're that worried about tight end right now. Yeah. Um, so it's really just kind of filling out those pass catchers and that second running back. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, Holby, I, I didn't exclude him from the tight end conversation, but I, I consider him more of a, let's just call him offensive athlete right now because we really don't know i mean i'm not mike i'm not even convinced like they really know yet what exactly they want to do with all of you no i don't i don't think so either um you know i think that originally it was well he could be a big h-back type and looking at him i saw him at uh prime 21 he actually worked out at the prime 21 camp um even though it's an underclassman camp because his brother was there and damn he's starting to look like a linebacker so i mean he could play on either side of the ball yeah, real quick, and I want to get back to, to Bajan, and, and again, as we kind of wrap this up, um, you know, you had a chance to go out and see uh, Andre Carrich work out, and shout out to Donald Hawkins, who, you know, has kind of, I guess, moved on to a second career as an offensive line trainer, and he's working with some high-end guys in the Metroplex, and Hawk was always one of those guys that had a media availability when he was a player, and he would walk you through, like, pull steps and technique and things like that, so I think he's always kind of had an eye for that, but uh, he's turning on your carriage. Mike, you had a chance to to go watch him and just seeing some of the videos you posted online. I'm like, OK, this kid is exactly the kind of developmental tackle you want in your program. And I don't use developmental uh, as a slight because Sam Cosme was a developmental tackle. And we've seen what this staff has done with him. But you got a kid right around 270 pounds, a great frame, feet. He can move. He's long. Uh, again, a kid that just checks all the boxes you want in a guy that you say, OK, we want to take this kid and, you know, a year and a half from now, we think he's going to be like a 300, 305 athletic tackle for us. Yeah, let me just start with with Hawkins um, because I didn't know that. I wasn't on the beat, so I didn't know that he was that knowledgeable. And I guess, silly me, you know, I tend to have a thing where, like, I think, oh, well, he's a Juco kid, so he can't have that much technique, you know. Um, I was blown away with, with Donald's mind for the game and his understanding of technique and and the way he teaches, I see a lot of trainers do a lot of things. There's a lot of silly stuff out there that yeah. trainers do, you know. And this was very practical to the game. It was very, this is how you apply it to your game, um, type of stuff. And so, yeah, Donald's actually um, doing some training while he's working on. Uh, he actually says he he thinks he's going to be drafted into the XFL this year. Um, nice. So he's working back towards that. Thinks he can maybe get back onto an NFL roster eventually, but. In the meantime, is kind of looking for his next step as well, and I think gonna, gonna go get that gonna go get that Vince McMahon money. Exactly. Uh, um, 
And and so his next step is kind of training. He works with Carriage. He works with another South Lake Carroll offensive lineman I really like named Addison Penn, who's going to Boston College. Um, he works with the Brockermeyers, uh, and that alone, getting a you know, getting the okay from Blake Brockermeyer to train his kids, I think, yeah. is, is a huge endorsement for him. Um, but Carriage was, you know, he was a kid I saw last year at 240 pounds. You could tell, hey, there's something there. Um, you know, I mean, his just he looked like a guy that was just begging to put on some weight and just keep those athletic traits. Yeah. I was really impressed with, you know, Donald asked him, you know, what kind of to you makes makes Andre stand out so much? And he said feet and hands. His feet and hands are so good. And I, I posted like a ladder drill they were doing in warm ups. And I mean, he, he was moving through ladders like he was a I would say like a linebacker or something, you know, a much smaller uh, prospect. So his feet are so good. His hands are so good. What really impressed me was his work ethic you know i mean he's worked a ton to put the weight on he's worked a ton at his technique and his craft um you know i mean he was constantly engaged through that entire training session he wasn't out there going through the motions and so i really like that kid i think he is a a big candidate to rise his senior year i think it's it's not out of the picture that he's a four star by the time he signs at texas um and i know that will cue the the ratings uh <laughs> conspiracy theorists but um you know, I, I think that he is the kind of guy that our national team loves. I know that they love guys you can grow into linemen. Um, and I think that that's kind of what's what's impressive about this class in general is it's all a bunch of guys they can grow as linemen. You know, it's not – I think over the last couple of years they've taken the guys who they said, we're going to need to slim them down when they get to campus. I think yeah. that's a lot yeah. harder than building up. And, um, you know, this year it seems like they've got four guys who they really just want to build up when they get there. Yeah. yeah. And real, real quick on that. I mean, I talked to Todd Orlando about this at coaching school. We were just talking, you know, not his press conference, but we talked in the hallway for a few minutes. And, and I just kind of asked him about his philosophy with defensive linemen. And I think it applies to offensive line, too. You know, he said you can slim somebody down all you want, but if guys still have slow feet at the end of the day, they're still going to be slow footed. So, I mean, if they're going to take a big kid, you better have length, you better have a good frame, and you better be able to move your feet. And again, carriage checks all those boxes. So, Mike, this is a, shaping up to be a really good offensive line. But John Robinson's going to run behind. But uh, I wanted to, before we get out of here, mention the two guys that really, you know, won this recruitment for Texas. Tim Beck with the Arizona ties, and then Stan Drayton coming in to finish it off. Look, we we know we know Stan Drayton really really needed this one, but man, I don't think you can say enough good things about Tim Beck as a recruiter. I mean, go, just his ties to the West Coast and specifically the state of Arizona. I know Arizona West Coast. I use that loosely. Somebody's going to correct me on that, but I mean, he's still Tim Beck's still a name in the Dallas area. We saw even this at Ohio State. I mean, when he was in on them in on J.K. Dobbins and, and Jeff Okuda and, and Baron Browning, uh, you know, Tim Beck right now, Mike, is worth his weight in gold as a recruiter. And then for Stan Drayton, uh, you gotta feel good for a guy when he, you know, knows he needs an elite runner in this class and goes out and gets one. Yeah. Um you know, Beck seems to be a force anywhere he goes. I, I, I don't say West Coast anymore because, like you, I got jumped about uh, saying Arizona was West Coast. <laughs> I tend to think of areas in time zones, and that's definitely in the West Coast time zone. Right. Uh, so, But I just say out west now. Um, I mean, he's a force out west. He's done stuff in California, Arizona. He's really good in Texas when he recruits in Dallas. He is originally a northeastern guy, and so he has some contacts up in, like, Pittsburgh and Ohio and places like that. 
he is really a, a national recruiter. But in Arizona, he seems to have a, a little bit of a special something. And, you know, I think that with Texas, Austin is so comfortable to those kids out west because it's almost like an Arizona town or a California yeah. town. They don't see much of a difference when they go there. So it makes it an easy step. And I think that, that Beck is, is um, you know, his ethic on the trail, his work ethic on the trail is is unparalleled. I mean, he works like a dog. He had off-season knee surgery this year. And, like, I saw him out at South Lake in the spring. He could barely move, but he was all over the field, you know. So, um, you know, him just being able to go into Arizona. That, that's, a- that's on top of him trying to get on a flight to, to Manhattan, Kansas, while he's got a staph infection. Right. I mean, he's a, he's going to die on a football field. He's just that kind of guy um, that he won't retire. I don't think he's just going to want, he's going to coach until he can no longer breathe. So, um, you know, I, with him being able to go into Arizona and make those connections, uh, make the identifications, I think he was the one that first reached out to Bajan and his coaches and got them down for the spring game. And they kind of just hand them off at that point, keep the relationship up. Um, but let Stan Drayton do what he does. And I think that that's, it kind of speaks to their overall plan. They've gone to a lot less of a regional recruiting system um, to where now the, the position coaches are way more involved. Yeah. And I think that that's how you win because, you know, I, I, a lot of staff still use their regional recruiters to be the main recruiter. But if, you know, you're recruiting a running back just because he's from a region and you're the, the linebacker coach, I mean, how – how effective is that going to be in the end? So, you know, Stan Drayton, a guy who's finished second a lot, um, and it's hard. When you're recruiting elite backs, there's a couple of them in the country each year. You really kind of have to hone in on one or two of them. And if you don't get them, there's no margin for error. And so right. it's not like other positions. There may be, you know, 10 really good offensive tackles in the country. So you, you have some margin for error there. There may be, you know, 15 really good wide receivers in the country. So if you don't you miss on one, you still can sign a really good wide receiver class. I, it, the margin is much, much slimmer at running back. And, you know, Stan's finished second for Noah Kane, probably finished second or third for Trey Sanders. Um, and now he, he finally gets his guy, gets his win. Um, and, you know, especially in a year where Texas had a guy in state like Zach Evans, who I've called a generational prospect, who I think is really good. I think he's really, really good. But getting Bijan Robinson, I don't think he's that far behind um, in the class. It really offsets that loss as well. And, Mike, you know, at the risk of repeating myself, I mean, when you talk about, you know, yeah, you can you know, get another offensive tackle. And, you know, defensive tackle is one of those positions that, you know, if you miss on a DeMarvin Leal or if you'd miss on a Vernon, Vernon Broughton, it's really hard to replace those guys. But, you know, a lot of other positions, you know, offensive line being one of them, you know, you shouldn't be in a position if you're a program like Texas and you're doing it right to where you need to rely on a true freshman offensive lineman. You can take a guy like Carrick and say, yeah, he's not going to be ready for a year and a half, but we're gonna, not going to need him until then and maybe even uh, another season after that anyway. So if your depth is where it should be. But like I said, man, the turnover at the running back position, like I said, I mean, if you're if you're a borderline NFL guy, I think you've really, as a junior, you've really got to exhaust, you know, any kind of connections you have to say, okay, you know, is it worth it? Should I go? Because, again, just the, the, the time span, the shelf life for those guys in the NFL is, is so short. And, uh, you know, that position at that level has been so devalued. But it's clearly not devalued at the college level. Mike, one thing I wanted to hit on with Bajan before we get out of here 
you mentioned that he's a, he's a a really good receiver and elite, you know you say elite receiver, uh, you know catching the ball out of the backfield. You know you look at this offense and I go back to Tim Beck's time in Nebraska when he had guys like Rex Burkhead and Amir Abdullah. Him and Tom Herman both coached Zeke Elliott. Tom Herman had a forty plus catch back at U of H with Duke Catalan. I mean. This is an offense that's set up now. If you're not getting what you want out of the H receiver, or maybe you're not getting what you want out of the tight end, okay, now you roll with two of these running backs. And with a guy like Whittington, maybe you could even put three of them in a formation, knowing every down they're receiving threats. And you juxtapose that against Herman's first year when, you know, if they decided they wanted to go empty set, you know, I don't mean to speak disparaging of him, but having Keontae Ingram or Jordan Whittington split out in the formation is a lot different than having Kyle Porter split out wide in the formation. Oh yeah. I mean, it's when Kyle Porter was split out, it was, uh, you're playing 10 versus 11. And yeah. then, especially with Whittington, cause he's such a good receiver. Yeah. In, in general, I mean, you're talking about a guy who was moved to running back. I mean, his, his natural skill set is that receiver. So it just opens up so much, so many more possibilities. The RPOs change and, uh, give you so many more options, you know, adding a guy like Jake Smith gives you so much more speed. So defenses have to adjust to that. It's like, this is how you offset losing little Jordan Humphrey who could just go win 50, 50 balls. Now you spread everybody out and make them cover speed and you have way more open guys. You don't have to rely on 50, 50 balls. Um, yeah. I just think it's, it, it gives them so many more possibilities. Mike, real quick before we shut it down, Chris Thompson announcing, on Sunday, you were ahead of uh, ahead of the news in this recruitment that Auburn's really made a late push. Uh, right now, gut your what does your gut tell you about what uh, Chris Thompson will do on Sunday? Still Texas, but it's by the slimmest of, of margins. And I, I've honestly I've backed off Chris the last couple of days. I could tell talking to him was was he was really getting worn down by everything. And you know, to me, the best thing to do in that case is is to is to back off and let them have their moments. Yeah, uh, I will. I've got sources plugged in so I can make some calls tonight and tomorrow and figure out exactly which way it's going. But, um, you know, for now, I thought it was just best to maybe back off of Chris and, and let him, you know, enjoy the moment let and be, you know, even if it's everybody else is still on. him, that's one less call he has to take. Well, one Mike, less text to return. Yeah. Mike, before we shut it down, I'll give you the floor one last time for a parting shot on the Bijan Robinson commitment. Before we do that, we should also mention, I mean, the Blitz is red hot in recruiting. Um, we are, getting, man. We're on freaking fire. If we're getting half points on everybody, I think Bijan's like a 28, 29-point swing in the rankings. <laughs> so we should be getting at least 14 um, off of that. But also, Tim Beck. We're, we're, we're going to be a top 20 recruiter in the Big 12 before this is all said and done. Also, Tim Beck with today's commitment is now the number one Big 12 recruiter, um, according to the team rankings. That makes um, sense. So that's topical based on what we were just talking about. Um, before I parting shot on, on Bijan Robinson, let me spend two minutes. Um, I know we got a lot to go over, so we don't want to overwhelm you guys. We got another podcast next week where we can get more into this. Let me spend two minutes talking about 2021 commit Billy Bowman, um, who committed earlier in the week. Uh, again, I think he's a guy who's just a, a special type of athlete. He can be a very dynamic slot player. He could be a, a dynamic corner or safety or nickel. He can play in a bunch of different positions. It's just adding more speed and skill to the offense um, or defense or, or, you know, the team roster in general. Um, I think that was huge for, for the 21 class. And we talked about how they probably need to hit the brakes a little bit to not fill up. But 
the thing is they're taking guys who they are sure on right now and not, not taking, uh, you know, bread as we call it and just taking guys to take them. Um, right. Bowman's in that. I would also say it's very likely there's another 2021 commitment <clears throat> before this weekend is over. Um, so stay tuned with 124.7 for that. We got a three for one special right now. I think it's like buy one, get two months for free. Yes. Um, now is the time to take advantage of that. So you've got fall camp starting. We've got all the stuff on Robinson's commitment. Um, and that's where I'm going to go with my parting shot after I do this quick advertisement. Uh, but uh, we've got, you know, all the great stuff you got. I haven't even got to sit down and read your, your thoughts from practice today. So I'm, I'm really excited to do that. Yours I was, I was going to say I have not read Blair's commitment story on, on Bijan yet because I had to write mine and I had to write some camp stuff. So And I've got yeah. more camp stuff to write. So. There's so much stuff up right now. We were even having a conversation earlier about we have so many pinned threads, but they're all topical. They're all needed, um, you know. So please, now is the time to come join us. Um, we've got lots of great information. So three for one special over at Horns 24-7. That's where you're going to get a lot of great value. This is my parting shot on Bijan Robinson. I think I've, I've made it clear how big this win is for the class, for the recruitment. My parting shot is a little more personal. Um, you know, I, I talked about this. Uh, earlier in the week when we did the podcast, I can't stress to you how much value, and again, this goes back to that three-for-one deal, how much value you get out of the subscription from our network. Mm -hmm. Just today, we've got a exclusive interview with Bijan Robinson from Blair, um, at Blair Angulo, who covers our Mountain District. Um, we've got his commitment analysis. I did a couple of stories on what this means for the class. Jeff did a story on how it plugs into the team. Steve Wolfong did a story on um, Tom Herman's big recruiting wins and how this kind of ties the class together. You're getting so much value out of the strength of this network that it's it's really hard to beat. And, you know, I I told uh, Blair last night, I'm going to have to buy him a Rolex or something, you know, because a quarterback takes care of his offensive line. And, right. and those guys have taken care of me. Our national analysts do such a great job. It's such an asset, especially I, I think I just get it a little differently than most guys because I've worked for an independent site without the help that yeah. when I can just make a call and say, what's going on with this? And these guys know it's so helpful. So um, my parting shot is the strength of our network is, is one of the greatest assets in the recruiting game. Um, it's something that, that makes the coverage full and comprehensive and you get it from all angles. You don't get it from, you know, some would maybe consider me a biased source. You're not getting it from a biased source and Blair or Steve, you know, those guys are, are out there doing their jobs. And, and so um, I, I just can't say enough about the teamwork that, that went into today and that goes into just about every commit we do, you know, whether it be in-state, if I've got Gabe involved, um, you know, we have so much going on over there. So I would say that's my parting shot is uh, all the great value you can get out of that and all the great work our network does. And well said, Mike, and my parting shot will be don't forget to subscribe to Longhorn Blitz. Uh, our numbers are doing so, so well. You guys have been so supportive of the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, multiple podcast platforms uh, where you can get the show. Most of our content at Horns 24-7 will have the podcast embedded in there. There's also a podcast link on the site uh, that you can go to. It takes you right to our feed to get the latest episodes. So uh, however you want to do it, we thank you so much for supporting the Blitz and uh, it is time for us to wrap this thing up, and we will do it again soon. Mike, thanks so much, man. Yep, thanks. And thanks to all you guys for listening. The feedback online has been awesome when we're posting these. I think everybody's getting a, a you know an all-in-one package now out of the Blitz with recruiting and team, and you know that was really our goal in the beginning. 
For Mike, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this special edition of Longhorn Blitz, and we will catch you again on the next episode.